Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And after the recorded portion, we do carry on as another hour of after call. Okay. Today we are continuing our reading in Chapter 7 with Section 7, From Vigilance to Peace. And uh, at the top of the hour, we'll, we'll pause for remembrance of that lesson. For the day, the first of the second set of review lessons, Reviewing 61, I am the light of the world, and 62, forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. Lesson 81. Well, as I like to say, it's one of my favorite times. And Lori, you said you had something for for us this morning. Did you share your opening? Yeah. I I do, Lemoyne. And I was, um, it was just sent to me as a gift so clearly yesterday for today's lesson. It's a poem from Teresa of Avalon called When the Holy Thaws. Thaws. A person's body, like the earth, has seasons. When the mountain stream flows, when the holy thaws, when I am most fragile and in need, it was then, it seems, God came closest God, like a medic on a field, is tending our souls. Our horns get locked with desires, but don't hold yourself too accountable, for all desires are really innocent. That is what the compassion in his eyes tells me. Why this great war between the countries, the countries inside of us? What are all these insane borders we protect? What are all these different names for the same church of love we kneel in together? For it is true, together we live, and only at that shrine where all are welcome will God sing loud enough to be heard. Our horns get locked with the earth and sky in some old marriage ritual. So what? Don't worry. We should be proud of ourselves for everything we helped create in this magic world and God is always there if you feel wounded he kneels over this earth like a divine medic and his love thaws the holy in us Amen Amen thank you Lord. thank you Lord. 
And thank you, Lori. Well, thank you for the great privilege you give me every morning. I am so grateful. And we're grateful for our spring cleaning you bring to us every day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, with us and reading this morning, I have Robin Marie, Lori, Jessica, Karen, Charles, Sandra. And with us in listening, I have Kristen, Harrison, Jude, and Sister Reed. Is there anyone else who's uh, who's joined us who would like to say good morning or maybe join the reading list? Patricia here. I'm available to read. Thank you. All right, great, Patricia. Thank you. All right. I'll get us started then with uh, Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, Section 7, From Vigilance to Peace. Although you can love the sonship only as one, you can perceive it as fragmented. It is impossible, however, for you to see something in part of it that you will not attribute to all of it. That is why attack is never discreet and why attack must be relinquished entirely. If it is not relinquished entirely, it is not relinquished at all. Fear and love are equally reciprocal. They make or create depending on whether the ego or the Holy Spirit begets or inspires them. But they will return to the mind of the thinker and they will affect his total perception. That includes his perception of God of his creations, of God's creations, and of his own. He will not appreciate any of them if he regards them fearfully. He will appreciate all of them if he regards them with love. And Robin Marie. Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom. Section 7, From Vigilance to Peace. 54, Although you can love the sonship only as one, you can perceive it as fragmented. It is impossible, however, for you to see something in part of it that you will not attribute to all of it. That is why attack is never discreet and why attack must be relinquished entirely. If it is not relinquished entirely, it is not relinquished at all. Fear and love are equally reciprocal. They make or create, depending on whether the ego or the Holy Spirit begets or inspires them. But they will return to the mind of the thinker, 
and they will affect his total perception. That includes his perception of God and of God's creations and of his own. He will not appreciate any of them if he regards them fearfully. He will appreciate all of them if he regards them with love. 55. The mind that accepts attack cannot love. That is because it believes that it can destroy love and therefore does not understand what love is. If it does not understand what love is, it cannot perceive itself as loving. This loses the awareness of being, induces feelings of unreality, and results in utter confusion. Your own thinking has done this because of its power, but your own thinking can also save you from this because its power is not of your making. Your ability to direct your thinking as you will is part of its power. If you do not believe you can do this, you have denied the power of your thought and thus rendered it powerless in your belief. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Lori? Paragraph 55. The mind that accepts attack cannot love. This is because it believes that it can destroy love and therefore does not understand what love is. If it does not understand what love is, it cannot perceive itself as loving. This loses the awareness of being, induces feelings of unreality, and results in utter confusion. Your own thinking has done this because of its power, but your own thinking can also save you from this because its power is not of your making. Your ability to direct your thinking as you will is part of its power. If you do not believe that you can do this, you have denied the power of your thought and thus rendered it powerless in your belief. 56. The ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself is enormous, but it stems from the power of the mind, which the ego denies. This means that the ego attacks what is preserving it, and this must be a source of extreme anxiety. That is why the ego never knows what it is doing. It is perfectly logical, but clearly insane. The ego draws upon the one source which is totally inimical to its existence for its existence. Fearful of perceiving the power of this source, it is forced to depreciate it. This threatens its own existence, a state which it finds intolerable. Thank you, Lori. And Jessica. 56. The ingeniousness. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Okay. The ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself is enormous, but it stems from the power of the mind, which the ego denies. This means that the ego attacks what is preserving it, and this must be a source of extreme anxiety. That is why the ego never knows what it is doing. 
It is perfectly logical, but clearly insane. The ego draws upon the one source, which is totally inimical to its existence, for its existence. Fearful of perceiving the power of this source, it is forced to depreciate it. This threatens its own existence, a state which it finds intolerable. 57. Remaining logical but still insane, the ego resolves this completely insane dilemma in a completely insane way. It does not perceive its existence as threatened by projecting the threat onto you and perceiving your being as non-existent. Um, this ensures its continuous continuance if you side with it by guaranteeing that you will not know your own safety. The ego cannot afford to know anything. Knowledge is total, and the ego does not believe in totality. This unbelief is its origin, and while the ego does not love you, it is faithful to its own antecedents, begetting as it was begotten. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 57. Remaining logical, but still insane, the ego resolves this completely insane dilemma in a completely insane way. It does not perceive its existence as threatened by projecting the threat onto you and perceiving your being as non-existent. This ensures its continuance if you side with it by guaranteeing that you will not know your own safety. The ego cannot afford to know anything. Knowledge is total, and the ego does not believe in totality. This unbelief in its own, in its origin, excuse me, this unbelief is its origin. And while the ego does not love you, it is faithful to its own antecedents, begin, begetting as it was begotten. 58. Mind always reproduces as it was produced. Produced by fear, the ego reproduces fear. This is its allegiance, and this allegiance makes it treacherous to love. Because you are love. Love is your power, which the ego must deny. It must deny, it must also deny everything which this power gives you, because it gives you everything. No one who has everything wants the ego. Its own maker, then, does not want it. Rejection is therefore the only decision which the ego could possibly encounter if the mind which made it knew itself. And if it recognized any part of the sonship, it would know itself. Thank you, Karen. And Charles. Thank you. 58. 
Mind always reproduces as it was produced. Produced by fear, the ego reproduces fear. This is its allegiance. And this allegiance makes it treacherous to love. Because you are love, I'm sorry, because you are love. Love is your power, which the ego must deny. It must also deny everything which this power gives you, because it gives you everything. No one who has everything wants the ego. Its own maker, then, does not want it. Rejection is therefore the only decision which the ego could possibly encounter if the mind which made it knew itself. And if it recognized any part of the sonship, it would know itself. 59. The ego there opposes all appreciation, all recognition, all sane perception, and all knowledge. It perceives their threat as total because it senses the fact that all commitments the mind makes are total. Forced, therefore, to detach itself from you who are mind, it is willing to attach itself to anything else. But there is nothing else. It does not follow that the mind cannot make... It does not follow that the mind cannot make illusions, but it does follow that if it makes illusions, it will believe in them, because that is how it made them. Thank you. Thank you, Charles and Sandra. 59. The ego therefore opposes all appreciation all recognition, all sane perception, and all knowledge. It perceives their threat as total because it senses the fact that all commitments the mind makes are total. Forced, therefore, to detach itself from you who are mind, it is willing to attach itself to anything else. But there is nothing else. It does not follow that the mind cannot make illusions, but it does follow that if it makes illusions, it will believe in them, because that is how it made them. 60. The Holy Spirit undoes illusions without attacking them merely because he cannot perceive them at all. They therefore do not exist for him. He resolves the apparent conflict which they engender by perceiving conflict as meaningless. We said before that the Holy Spirit perceives the conflict exactly as it is, and it is meaningless. The Holy Spirit does not want you to understand conflict. He wants you to realize that because conflict is meaningless, it cannot be understood. We have already said that understanding brings appreciation and appreciation brings love. Nothing else can be understood because nothing else is real and therefore nothing else has meaning. 
Thank you, Sandra. And Patricia. Sixty. The Holy Spirit undoes illusions without attacking them merely because he cannot perceive them at all. They therefore do not exist for him. He resolves the apparent conflict which they engendered by perceiving conflict as meaningless. We said before that the Holy Spirit perceives the conflict exactly as it is, and it is meaningless. The Holy Spirit does not want you to understand conflict. He wants you to realize that because conflict is meaningless, it cannot be understood. We have already said that understanding brings appreciation and appreciation brings love. Nothing else, nothing else can be understood because nothing else is real. And therefore, nothing else has meaning. 61. If, if you will keep in mind what the Holy Spirit offers you, you cannot be vigilant for anything but God and His kingdom. The only reason you find this difficult is because you think there is something else. Belief does not require vigilance unless it is conflicted. If it is, there are conflicting components within it which have engendered a state of war. And vigilance, therefore, has become essential. Vigilance has no place at all in peace. It is necessary against beliefs which are not true and would never have been called upon by the Holy Spirit if you had not believed the untruth. You cannot deny that. When you believe something, you have made it true for you. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. 
And is there a new reader for 61 and 62? A new reader for 61 and 62? Okay, back to you, Robin Murray. Sixty-one. If you will keep in mind what the Holy Spirit offers you, you cannot be vigilant for anything but God and his kingdom. The only reason you find this difficult is because you think there is something else. Belief does not require vigilance unless it is conflicted. If it is, there are conflicting components within it which have engendered a state of war, and vigilance therefore has become essential. Vigilance has no place at all in peace. It is necessary against beliefs which are not true and would and would never have been called upon by the Holy Spirit if you had not believed the untrue. You cannot deny that. When you believe something, you have made it true for you. 62. When you believe what God does not know, your thought seems to contradict his, and this makes it appear as if you are attacking him. We have repeatedly emphasized that the ego does believe it can attack God and tries to persuade you that you have done this. If the mind cannot attack, the ego proceeds perfectly logically to the position that you cannot be mind. By not seeing you as you are, it can see itself as it wants to be. Aware of its weakness, The ego wants your allegiance, but not as you really are. The ego therefore wants to engage your mind in its own delusional system, because otherwise the light of your understanding would dispel it. Thank you, Robin Murray and Lori. When you believe what God does not know, your thought system seems to contradict his, and this makes it appear as if you are attacking him. We have repeatedly emphasized that the ego does believe it can attack God and tries to persuade you that you have done this. If the mind cannot attack, the ego proceeds perfectly logically to the position that you cannot be mind. By not seeing you as you are, it can see itself as it wants to be. Aware of its weakness, the ego wants your allegiance, but not as you really are. The ego therefore wants to engage your mind in its own delusional system, because otherwise the light of your understanding would dispel it. 63. The ego wants no part of truth because the truth is that the ego is not true. If truth is total, 
the untrue cannot exist. Commitment to either must be total, since they cannot coexist in your minds without splitting them. If they cannot coexist in peace, and if you want peace, you must give up the idea of conflict entirely and for all time. This requires vigilance only as long as you do not recognize what is true. While you believe that two totally contradictory thought systems share your truth, you need, your need for vigilance is apparent. Your minds are dividing their allegiance between two kingdoms, and you are totally committed to neither. Thank you, Lori. And Jessica? Thanks. Um, 63. The ego wants no part of truth because the truth is that the ego is not true. If truth is total, the untrue cannot exist. Commitment to either must be total since they cannot coexist in your minds without splitting them. If they cannot coexist in peace, and if you want peace, you must give up the idea of conflict entirely and for all time. This requires vigilance only as long as you do not recognize what is true. While you believe that two totally contradictory thought systems share truth, your need for vigilance is apparent. Your minds are divided, are dividing their allegiance between two kingdoms, and you are totally committed to neither. 64. Your identification with the kingdom is totally beyond question, except by you when you are thinking insanely. What you are is not established by your perception and is not influenced by it at all. All perceived problems are in identification at any level are not problems of fact. They are not problems of understanding since they mean that you believe what you can understand is up to you to decide. The ego believes this totally being fully committed to it. It is not true. The ego, therefore, is totally committed to untruth, perceiving in total contradiction to the Holy Spirit and to the knowledge of God. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen? 64. Your identification with the kingdom is totally beyond question, except by you when you are thinking insanely. What you are is not established by your perception and is not influenced by it at all. All perceived problems in identification at any level are not problems of fact. They are problems of understanding, since they mean that you believe what you can understand is up to you to decide. 
The ego believes this totally, being fully committed to it. It is not true. The ego, therefore, is totally committed to untruth, perceiving in total contradiction to the Holy Spirit and to the knowledge of God. 65. You can be perceived with meaning only by the Holy Spirit because your being is the knowledge of God. Any belief that you accept which is apart from this will obscure God's voice in you and will therefore obscure God to you. Unless you perceive his creation truly, you cannot know the creator since God and his creation are not separate. The oneness of the creator and the creation is your wholeness, your sanity, and your limitless power. This limitless power is God's gift to you because it is what you are. If you dissociate your mind from it, you are perceiving the most powerful force in the universe as if it were weak because you do not believe you are part of it. Thank you, Karen. And Charles. Thank you. 65. You can perceive with the meaning only by the Holy Spirit because your being is the knowledge of God. Any belief that you accept which is part of it, which is apart from this will obscure God's voice in you and therefore obscure God to you. Unless you perceive his creation truly, you cannot know the creator since God and his creation are not separate. The oneness of the creator and the creation is your wholeness, your sanity, and your limitless power. This limitless power is God's gift to you because it is what you are. If you disassociate your mind from it, you are perceiving the most powerful force in the universe, bracket of thought, unbracket, as if it were weak, because you do not believe you are part of it. 66. Perceived without your part in it, God's creation is perceived as weak. And those who see themselves as weakened do attack. And the attack must be blind, however, because there is nothing to attack. Therefore, they make up images, perceive them as unworthy, and attack them for their unworthiness. This is all the world of the ego is. Nothing. It has no meaning. It does not exist. Do not try to understand it. Because if you do, 
you are believing that it can be understood and is therefore capable of being appreciated and loved. That would justify it. And it cannot be justified. You cannot make the meaningless meaningful. This can only be an insane attempt. Thank you. Thank you, Charles and Sandra. 66. Perceived without your part in it, God's creation is perceived as weak. And those who see themselves as weakened do attack. The attack must be blind, however, because there is nothing to attack. Therefore, they make up images perceive them as unworthy, and attack them for their unworthiness. That is all the world of the ego is. Nothing. It has no meaning. It does not exist. Do not try to understand it, because if you do, you are believing that it can be understood and is therefore capable of being appreciated and loved. That would justify it, and it cannot be justified. You cannot make the meaningless meaningful. This can only be an insane attempt. 67. Allowing insanity into your minds means that you have not judged sanity as wholly desirable. If you want something else, you will make something else. But because it is something else, it will attack your thought system and divide your allegiance. You cannot create in this divided state, and you must be vigilant against this divided state, because only peace can be extended. Your divided minds are blocking the extension of the kingdom, and its, extreme, and its extension is your joy. If you do not extend the kingdom, you are not thinking with your creator and creating as he created. Thank you, Sandra. And Patricia. Sixty-seven. Allowing insanity to enter your mind means that you have not judged sanity as wholly desirable. If you want something else, you will make something else. But because it is something else, it will attack your thought system and divide your allegiance. You cannot create in this divided state and you must be vigilant against this divided state because only peace can be extended. Your divided minds are blocking the extension of the kingdom. And its extension is 
your joy. If you do not extend the kingdom, you are not thinking with your creator and creating as he created. 68. In this depressing state, the Holy Spirit reminds you gently that you are sad because you are not fulfilling your function as co-creators with God and are therefore depriving yourselves of joy. This is not God's will, but yours. If your will is out of accord with God's, you are willing without meaning. Yet because God's will is unchangeable, no real conflict of will is possible. This is the Holy Spirit perfectly consistent teaching. Thank you, Patricia. And is there a new reader for 68 and 69? I can, I can do it now. Hello, Judy. So Judy. Harrison, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, Judy, Judy, please go ahead. In this depressing state, the Holy Spirit reminds you gently that you are sad because you are not fulfilling your function as co-creators with God and are, therefore, depriving yourself of joy. This is not God's will, but yours. If your will is out of accord with God's, you are willing without meaning. Yet because God's will is unchangeable, no real conflict of will is possible. This is the Holy Spirit's perfectly consistent teaching. Creation, not separation, is your will because it is God's. And nothing that opposes this means anything at all. Being A perfect accomplishment, the sonship, can only accomplish perfectly, extending the joy in which it was created and identifying itself with both its creator and its creations, knowing, knowing they are one. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Harrison? Sixty-nine, creation, not separation, is your will because it is God's. 
and nothing that opposes this means anything at all. Being a perfect accomplishment, the sonship can only accomplish perfectly, extending the joy in which it was created and identifying itself with both its creator and its creations, knowing they are one. Um, thank you, Harrison. Okay, and, excuse me. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought about this. Knew this is a long reading. And so I think I have prepared a brief summary. And let me be clear about this. Okay. Um, there's one thing that I want to bring from outside, which is from Chapter 3, Section 2, Special Principles for Miracle Workers, Principle 2, clear distinction between what has been created and what is being created is essential. All forms of correction or healing rest on this fundamental correction in level perception. And so on this thing of how to step from vigilance to peace, for the summary, it's just paragraph 60, the Holy Spirit undoes illusions without attacking them merely because he cannot perceive them at all. They therefore do not exist for him. He resolves the apparent conflict which they engender, what has been made, by perceiving conflict as meaningless. We said before that the Holy Spirit perceives the conflict exactly as it is, and it is meaningless. The Holy Spirit does not want you to understand conflict, he wants you to realize that because conflict is meaningless, it cannot be understood. We have already said that understanding brings appreciation, and appreciation brings love. Nothing else can be understood because nothing else is real, and therefore nothing else has meaning. Did we lose Lemoyne? Or did I lose Lemoyne? Um, yeah, I guess the phone system punctu- punctuated that summary. I looked over, I heard the 
beep and looked over my phone. The call ended. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> I was also going to add the um, the last paragraph, sixty-nine, but uh, that's. Um, let me ask uh, Robin Marie, would you like to read that last paragraph? Uh, thank you for thinking of me, but I'm already uh, looking at Lesson 81, so someone else will have to do okay. that. My book is closed there. Thanks. All right. Um, any takers for the last paragraph? I'll do it. This is Jessica. Okay, please do. Okay, 69. I'm not a new reader, but creation, not separation, is your will because it is God. And nothing that opposes this means anything at all. Being a perfect accomplishment, the sonship can only accomplish perfectly extending the joy in which it was created and identifying itself with both its creator and its creations, knowing they are one. Well, thank you, Jessica. I think that's the... Uh... I like that as a summary for from vigilance to peace. And um, let's see. Is there anyone who, is, uh, who would like to uh, lead our reflection of Lesson 81 this morning? This is Sandra. I can do it. Okay, Sandra, um, could you include a little bit from the title, Review 2? Yes, of course. Okay, thank you. Okay. We are now ready for another review. We will begin where our last review left off and cover two ideas each day. The earlier part of each day will be devoted to one of these ideas and the latter part of the day to the other. We will have one longer exercise period and frequent shorter ones in which we practice each of them. The longer practice periods will follow this general form. Take about 15 minutes for each of them and begin by thinking about the idea and the comments which are included in the assignments. Devote about three or four minutes to regarding them over slowly, several times if you wish, and then close your eyes and listen. Repeat the first phrase, the first phase, if you find your mind wandering, but try to spend the major part of the practice period listening quietly but attentively. There is a message waiting for you. Be confident that you will receive it. Do not forget that your will has power over all fantasies and dreams. 
trust it to see you through and carry you beyond them all. Regard these practice periods as dedications to the way, the truth, and the life. Reaffirm your determination in the shorter practice periods as well as using the original form of the idea for general application and and a more specific form when needed. It is not the particular words you use that matter. Part 1, Review 2, Lesson 81. Our ideas for review today are I am the light of the world. How holy am I who have been given the function of lighting up the world? Let me be still before my holiness. In its calm light, let all my conflicts disappear. In its peace, let me remember who I am. Let me not obscure the light of the world in me. Let the light of the world shine through this appearance. This shadow will vanish before the light. Let's take a minute and contemplate that before we go on to the next. Review of Lesson 62. Forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. It is through accepting my function that I will see the light in me. And in this light will my function stand clear and perfectly unambiguous before my sight. My acceptance does not depend on my recognizing what my function is. For I do not yet understand forgiveness. Yet I will trust that in the light I will see it as it is. Let this help me learn what forgiveness means. Let me not separate my function from my will. I would not use this for an alien purpose. Let's take a minute and contemplate that. Forgiveness is my only function as the light of the world. Forgiveness is my only function as the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Amen.
That was so beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. And I'll just make a quick comment that when I understand that there's nothing to forgive, that the world is innocent, then I will truly understand what true forgiveness is. I'm complete. Oh, yes. Hi, it's Karen. Um, Just a thought. Forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. To forgive it is to recognize its illusions, to stay aligned to the truth, which is the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit undoes illusions. He cannot perceive them because they do not exist for him. He resolves the apparent conflict which they engender by perceiving conflict as meaningless. It is meaningless. The Holy Spirit does not want you to understand conflict because conflict is meaningless and cannot be understood. Only understanding brings appreciation and appreciation brings love. Nothing else can be understood. Nothing else is real. Nothing else has meaning. So... Um, forgiveness is my function as the light of the world means when there's a problem that I think I have to forgive it, if I recognize that it's meaningless, I just dismiss it because it's meaningless, and I stay aligned to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit for the interpretation I'm staying aligned to the light of the world. Um, I don't get entangled in trying to figure anything out or understanding anything. That's my shift in perception. I don't know if that made sense. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, it made perfect sense. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Good morning. Good morning. This is Charles here. Um, what Karen was sharing is what come to my mind was as I release my stories and shine the light of God, my awareness upon them, and see the meaninglessness of them, and I can stand before my brother and in their story, their meaninglessness is also apparent, and it no longer interferes me from looking past their stories and recognize the love that we share together as one. And because the Holy Spirit's undone any meaning that I have attributed to any story, is my realization of what we share together. So it gives me another light of understanding of the function of forgiveness and appreciation for the Holy Spirit and the light of awareness that undoes the, the, any meaning I've given to something that is totally meaningless to me, that I've given meaning to. So thank you.
Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Nice description of forgiveness. Yes, thank you, Charles. This is Sandra again, and you know, I thought it was my responsibility to give everything meaning. And I kind of like this. It's like I'm, I feel like I'm shirking all my responsibility by just saying, hey, this is meaningless. I'm the one who's giving it all the meaning, and it's not my, it's not my job to give it meaning. I can give it to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit give it meaning. I'm complete. Oh, boy, that's key. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Show you that it's meaningless, right? Boy, was that emphasized in the reading. <laughs> thank you. I'm complete. Oh, man, thank you. God established all meaning when he created us. And in that, all meaning is established. Anything else is meaningless. Thank you for sharing. Um, uh, during, I've gone to them several times. Um, they mainly seem to expand in my mind. Um, I understand more clearly why I am the light of the world. I'm not the light of the world as a body or a personality. Um, it's not Harrison that is the light of the world. It's the truth of who I am that is the light of the world. If I can just see myself as God created me, a, a Holy Spirit, an idea in the mind of God, God's perfect creation, His perfect likeness, That is who I am as the light of the world. Perfectly holy. Not this image of myself that I have created or even that others hold of me. How holy am I who have been given the function of lighting up the world? And how do I go about lighting up the world? 
the way I do that, if I simply recognizing, accepting, living the truth of who I am, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am as God created me. Not as the ego thought system created me. It created me as a body, to be a body, to live in a world of separation. God created me as light, formlessness, spirit, whole, without sin. at peace. And my function, my job then, in remembering who I am as God created me, is to allow others, other brothers and sisters to see that and see themselves in who I am. And so my job, he says here, is not to obscure the light of the world in me. I'm the only one who can do that. I'm the only one who can hide the light of the world in me. I create the shadows and I can undo them. How? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. My function in heaven is to create And whether I recognize and accept it or not, I'm still there. I'm still creating. And how do I create? I extend love. I may not be aware of it, but God created me and gave me that function. And who am I to deny the function that God gave me, which is creation? But here, after the so-called separation, which is merely a belief, on my part that I'm separate from God. It's just a belief. It never happened. 
So my thoughts in here, she said in 192, it is your father's holy will that you complete himself, extending love, creating in its name, forever one with God and with yourself. That's my holy function. Yet, what can such a function mean within a world of envy, hatred, and attack? That's the world we see. And he says, therefore, you have a function in the world in its own terms. So who can understand a language far beyond his simple grasp? Forgiveness represents your function here. Forgiveness represents my function here. And it is through accepting my function that I will see the light in me. That's going right back to the last lesson. I am the light of the world. How do I see and experience the light except my function? Forgiveness enables me to release the ego's thought system. Forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Let this understanding help me learn what forgiveness means. Let me not separate my function from my will. I will not use this for an alien purpose. All little succinct ideas that I can apply throughout this day as things will surely arise to challenge the Holy Spirit's thought system. But if I remember every half hour to recall one or both of these lessons to my mind, I can be at peace. I can be happy. It's nothing better than that. I'm complete. Oh, that was so beautiful, Harrison. And so very complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. The light is so strong when you're talking. Thank you. Yes, it is. Mm. Hi, this is Ida. How you doing? Um, so Jesus knew how we were. Jesus knew how the ego is. And also that we were all kind of be sort of beaten up by life mostly uh, by the time we got to this book, <laughs> which I call a being, right? You've heard me say that before. Which Jesus is the father and Helen was the mother. Um, so, I when I think of the phrase or sentence, "I am the light of the world," it, it makes me think of that. It makes me think that he needed to not only have us let go of our ego, but to know who we truly are as our God self. It's the word God, you know, before I came into the course, it had such a high and mighty significance or meaning that I never would have applied it to any aspect of myself. I might have said my soul, my higher self, but not my God self, right? And I don't know, maybe some of you are the same, but now, after having studied this for a while, I feel much more comfortable calling us the God self, the Son of God, the one Son of God, right? Um, so we can have the real self-confidence and the real self-esteem that comes from knowing who we really are. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. That's... So you're losing the objectives of the course, the recognition of who we are. Oh, by the way, I want to say that Joe came back yesterday 
He is much, much better, and I thank you so much for your prayers and well wishes. I'm complete. Oh, that's good news. Thanks, Ida. Thank you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Ida. Hi, guys. Good morning, everyone. I just so um, appreciate paragraph 66, and it, 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 it just fits so perfectly with today's lesson, how I see myself, how I perceive myself. And the lesson says, I am the light of the world, and I am means God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know I am. I am your being. I am your knowing. I am your awareness of all that is. And that vision's fundamental law is that I see it because I believe it and, and because I want to see it. I want it to be there, so I see it. That's vision, and that vision is the correction for perception. I see through the eyes of Christ. I see through the vision of the Holy Spirit. That's his gift to me, he says. Wake up. Wake up. You're blind. You see through perception of the body. And that's why I love paragraph 66 in the text because it talks about perceiving through an image that we perceive as unworthy and we attack ourselves for our unworthiness, that's all the world of the ego is nothing. It has no meaning. It doesn't exist. Don't understand it because you think it can be understood that it's where all the conflict is. It's a world of conflict. It's the world of perception. It's a dream. It's a dream of seeing through the body's eyes and thinking that it's real. It's an illusory world. And perception is the healing of perception, to purify my perception through identifying with the light of the stillness within me that he will allow me to see it as he sees it. And the, the light comes to me at the same time. I don't know what comes first. What came first for me, I think, was just the willingness to let go of, of what I thought I saw, the willingness, the willingness to let go of believing in what I, I, I was thinking I was seeing, that I didn't know what I was seeing. I didn't know, like Sandra said, the purpose What's the purpose of the world? When I take away all the judgments of prescribing the roles people would play for me and the, and the, um, the value, the hierarchical value that I gave, giving things more meaning than other things, more value than other things, people more value than other people, and all seeing all as 
projections of desires and wants of my ego, that seeking outside of myself through projection of my desires and my wants. The world arose in the, in the shapes and the forms and the colors that, that it is. And that's all the world of, of, of the dream, the maya is, is through the perception of the egoic mind. It's not one person's perception. It's everybody's joint shared perception. And that's why the whole thing is an illusion. <laughs> it's not particular people's illusions. It's the one totality of the illusion. And that's what, what the text, text really helps me to understand, that um, to see, to see where, the way it talks about attacking it, to, to attack any part of it, is to t- attack all of it. And, and, and to appreciate part of it is to appreciate all of it. Because what is in a part of it is in all of it, because it's all God. And, you know, the, the, the ego's curriculum is it, the, major, the major goal is how to attack the true self, our true self, who we are, who I am, who God is, in reality, in his version of reality. We're going to, the ego opposes through perception God's vision of what is real and what is true, which we've made invisible by choosing to see through the body's eyes. The ego never knows what it's doing. I mean, this, you know, it's insane. It doesn't perceive its own existence as threatening by knowing the truth of who we are. It's, it's so... The, the ego's major curriculum is to attack the totality of my one self and then forget that I'm doing it. To forget, ignore, deny by obscuring reality, denying God's presence, ignoring, ignoring the fact of who and what I am as God created me, the ego is in direct opposition to everything, the way God created me to be, the way God created creation to be, the unicity and the, the power and the glory of the one-mindedness that's aware of its totality and, and being we can right here, right now, with the, the loveliness of our minds as God created us. We don't have to do anything, just accept it, acknowledge it, and claim it. There's nothing else, but the way it talks about the um, ego, separate mind, making something else, this was, this was a real um, key in unlocking the insanity of the ego. Um, you know, that it, if you want, quote-unquote, something else, you will make, quote-unquote, something else. But because it is something else, it will attack your thought system. And this is what the ego is. I've made an image of myself. I think I'm Judy. And I'm attacking the totality of God's thought system. And I'm dividing my allegiance. And I can't create in that divided state with a split mind. I must be vigilant against this divided state. Because only peace can be. And that's where I talked of the other day of being in a civil war with myself. I can't ride the ego fence. I have to de- 
decide and be aware and choose the Holy Spirit in me as my guide, my voice, my direction, my goal is God to see everything, to see God, to see everything through the eyes of God, to see myself through the eyes of God, to know everything through the eyes of God, and to know everything through the voice of God, which is in me. God's voice is in me. It never leaves me. It's already all, always and already here and now. My salvation is immediate. Disturb my peace, I say not. Disturb my joy, I say not. Disturb, I refuse not to acknowledge my completion. I'm completely healed and whole right here, right now. There's no waiting, there's no attaining, there's no achieving. It's already been accomplished. So my identification with having and being and knowing the kingdom is totally beyond question. My identification with the kingdom is totally beyond, totally beyond question. Except by me when I'm thinking insanely, what I am is established. Is established what, by what I choose to think and what I choose to see. So what am I going to make more important than God? What am I going to be, make more important than the truth? And, 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 and by denying it and ignoring it, I am making myself a seeker of it because I have made myself incomplete and, um, and um, not whole and feel like I'm missing and in lack and in need and wanting something because I've denied the truth of my reality. So being is the knowledge of God. My being is the knowledge of God. Being and knowing, being and knowing is one and the same thing. I can only know and be as I am. Be still and know I am. I am. And after that, nothing needs to be said or done. (laughs) Holy mackerel, this is great stuff. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Judy. Great share. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for exuding and being an example of your peace, peace and joy, the joy of God. Thank you. That's one of the most powerful lines in this This limitless power of God is God's gift to me. His, the limited, limitless power and glory of the mind of God is his gift to me because it is what we are. And how can I ignore, how can I ignore that? How can I deny that? How can I want to forget that? It's the most powerful force in the universe. It's the most powerful force in the universe. Amen. Amen. It all comes down to my belief 
Uh-huh. He says in today's reading, while well, you believe that two totally contradictory thought systems share truth, your need for vigilance is apparent. Your mind is dividing its allegiance between two kingdoms, and you are totally committed to neither. What you are is not established by your perception and is not influenced by it at all. All perceived problems in identification at any level are not problems of fact. That's very important. But they are problems in understanding because they mean that you perceive what you can understand as up to you to decide. There's a line in the course that says, you believe that your understanding is a powerful contribution to the truth and makes it what it is. Not true. The ego believes this totally, being fully committed to it, but it is not true. The ego is therefore totally committed to untruth, perceiving and total contradiction to the perception of the Holy Spirit and to the knowledge of God. That's what we're up against. This whole belief system that denies the truth of who we are, denies our reality, denies the knowledge of God. We're rereading a couple of times. Again and again. I'm complete. Again and again. Thank you, the Harrison. One one line in one line in sixty six, paragraph sixty six. Um believing in the ego it's just a false belief in our con- uh, it says do not try to understand it it's insane the world is insane and it speaks of this you know insanity is God sane or is this world sane and anybody in looking at the world knows there's insanity in it you know we can't pick and choose where the lamps of heaven are going to shine the truth that it's either all true or it's all false. And the the illusion of the world being real the way that we see it 
And it's just a matter of perspective. The way we see it, the perspective through the ego or through God, because the, um, the divided state is what makes the world as crazy and, and insane as it is. That there is a real world to be revealed, that, the, that in, in eternity, which is a constant state, that changeless state that we just read about yesterday, that, that is revealed to us in every holy instant when we decide to look through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of forgiveness, which is a correction. It corrects all of this and sees, sees through the eyes of God how God would have us see the world. So the, the allegiance to one way of seeing and one way of listening, the lessons speak of that. Listen for a message hidden, hidden that shall be revealed, one we haven't been listening to. What is the, lesson that the, le- what is the message that the lessons would teach me? that through the eyes of forgiveness, I'm going to remember that I am the light of the world. I will know that I am the light of the world. There is no ego. That's what forgiveness restores my mind to, the awareness that I am the light, that I'm not a mere reflection. I'm not a mere something else appearing as a body, an image of a body. I'm not a reflection. I am the light itself. Oh, boy, I'm feeling strident. I best be quiet now. Um, Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Well, I was just checking out the astrological transits for the past couple of days this morning, and... uh, they're really good, and <laughs> um, the one I want to highlight is it's a really good time for breaking old patterns and old habits, and what old patterns and habits do we have to break other than the ego? So that's great <laughs> for everyone, especially ACIM students, right? Thank you, Uncle Sweet. Okay, Sida. Another way to look at forgiveness. Appreciate that. This is Sandra again, and what I'm noticing is that it's saying, I am the light of the world. Not saying we are the light of the world. Which says to me that if if I don't take that on as an invitation, then there's no light in the world. Because it's a personal invitation. I'm complete. Yes. I'm always answering the question of what I want. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. There's only one light, as far as I'm concerned. Patricia here, boy, reading this, it grabbed my throat, and it's still kind of gripping, uh, hearing myself uh, reverberate with these words of 
um, any conflicting thoughts, I am engendering war. I am adding to more war. Period. It's like it just knocked me over because we're living it so much and there's so much blame that it's outside there. It's that share here about it being the I, the center of peace. It's not vigilant. And boy, did my voice get that one. Conflict components within engender the state of war. And the next thing that I read that just really got some breath going in owning the words, I think, in owning this was the paragraph before that in 60 of understanding brings love. It doesn't bring the end of conflict. It doesn't bring the right answer. Understanding only brings appreciation and love. So looking at something I'm at war with, Sometimes for my own survival or for someone else's survival, that really gets me that one. Do you think I need to understand the conflict? Oh, hell no. I have more respect for this trigger that I've become at this point in my life. Um, I want to remember the feeling of owning the use of a word when the word itself can't be forgiven, when the word itself must be found as having something innocent in it before it rings through my body. And if it hums in my mind, Oh, Patricia, you are conflicted today, even that. Then I ask, Lord, bring me the innocence in that word conflicted. Let the word in me be whole and forgiven before I speak it and pretend it's bringing peace when it's simply that vigilance of being right. Teach me this. Teach me this. And when that is that constant lesson, this reading reminded me, I more often say in the most, which I'm in a few right now, really, really not casual dilemmas, but my position has got to be until I see there a place where there is no conflict, I can only say I do not know. And I simply pray, God, oh, please give me the grace to hang in there and not know 
not be able to provide a contribution or a solution because I have not yet found the absence of conflict. And on the other hand, as I state that, I have a part of me that says, so Patricia, do remember now how easy this is once you own the end of war. It's true. I can be, which I was the other day, I was yanked out of the bathtub with something so urgent I had to be fully like wet with shampoo and a towel wrapped around me to run out and sit and listen. (laughs) I asked them to go to my bedroom so I could kind of sit on the bed and curl up and have everybody come so I could listen. So it was very critical. And I did find myself saying, the Course in Miracles, honey, taught you with all this stuff that's getting yelled out that's so intense. What is one thing you can love about it? And it was that I was willing to get out of the bathtub naked and sit there. <laughs> and that made me sort of go, okay, that's one thing. Okay, hold on to that one thing. And this, uh, people are talking about stuff that, you know, I'll be institutionalized by telling them I'm laughing because the only thing I can think about that's good right now is my willingness to come here and sit this way. And then I went, and the other good thing that you can love is their willingness to care so much about what they're conflicted with. So tiny little drops of that peace, where is there something I can appreciate in this war battle? And that begins a place. And it isn't easy, but thank you for the reading and the gripping awareness of when I'm creating war. Bless you all. That was so enjoyable. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Well, this is Lori, and I think we're over time. Um, so I won't it take a just reading. a minute or two. It was. It was. And, and I just um, I just want to say um, that in my meditations this morning, 
Holy Spirit told me the word for the day is integrity. And every time I get a word for the day, I look it up. And integrity um, brings to mind undivided wholeness. Undivided wholeness. And, um, and that's just a really perfect word for the day in light of this reading. Vigilance to peace. Uh, to me, describes the movement, the movement or the shift in my perception when I make a decision that my mind will serve the Holy Spirit. You know, he says your mind can only serve. And between those two choices, ego and Holy Spirit, I must decide what I want. That's why I love these lesson reviews, especially lesson review two. Because each one pairs an idea with another idea that helps me make a very clear distinction between truth and untruth and what's worthy and what's unworthy and to see myself on that fulcrum between truth and illusion. And when I understand the clarity of the choices my mind will naturally follow truth because it was created by truth, for truth, in truth, with truth, and will always serve truth naturally. I, I read something very, very beautiful this morning that uh, is a perspective I don't often think of, but these two lessons in, invoke this idea. Oh, holy am I that the light of the world can express through me. And forgiveness is my function of the, of the light, as the light of the world. What I read this morning was a little tiny piece from the Universal Christ. And in that work, he tells uh, of Eddie Hellstrom, um, a young woman who was in a concentration camp. And she came to this beautiful conclusion that goes like this. Alas, there doesn't, this is from her journal. Alas, there doesn't seem to be much, capital U, yourself, can do about our circumstances, about our lives. Neither do I hold you responsible. You cannot help us, but we must help you and defend your dwelling place inside us to the last. This light of the world, as Harrison said, has nothing to do with Ori or Harrison or, or any person, personal. It's a fact. This is my father's world. And when I remember that God goes with me wherever I go, remember Lesson 41 and Lesson 42, God is, this, God is my strength. Vision is his gift. I ride that horse of truth. I serve the Holy Spirit and let him see through me. Vision is his gift. What will I defend is the question. What do I want? What do I want? And when I answer it according to truth, all that becomes manifest in my life and in my world. He talks in this work about messengers and witnesses. 
And if you send the messengers of love, they will return to you the witness of love. My brother's a mirror, the universe is a mirror. And in that mirror, I can see truth. I am God's sun shining in the light of his loving reflection. Or I can see anything else I want to put there. The question is, what do I want? And what will I defend? And when I answer that in truth, my mind is healed. A healed mind can't see conflict. It just can't. And so today, today I choose to defend his dwelling place within me because that's what I want. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. And thank you, Lori. Thanks, Lori. It's really about what do I, we really want. I'm complete. Amen. Well, I had thought to wait till the afternoon to say some things, but I'll say it now. Um, when we were reading the first part today, <clears throat> um, I I really started to get a little giggly. I mean, it, and I think this is the. This is remembering to laugh at the tiny mad idea that you can have peace through conflict. This is the idea that war is peace. And we can turn it to 1984 kind of horror story, but really it's just pretty laughable. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, there is a way to find peace through conflict, but it's finally to realize that peace, or the, excuse me, the conflict doesn't work, and we don't want it. And that is the, that is where we begin to make room for the answer. Um, and I think the readiness is not this is not the issue. It's the willingness to to give up the need to try to find understanding in a world that's based on conflict. Yeah, all the understanding all necessary is within us and within there. Please. Unless 
Unless you have a specific closing you'd like to share, Lori. Oh, I think this is just perfect today. I do. Um, am I audible? Yes. I, oh, okay. All right. In, in Chapter 6, you'll remember this, and it's so perfect for our lessons today about integrity. In Chapter 6, Paragraph 38, the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. The Holy Spirit was given you with perfect impartiality, and only by perceiving him impartially can you perceive him at all. The ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. No darkness abides anywhere in the kingdom, but your part is only to allow no darkness to abide in your own mind. This alignment with light is unlimited because it is in alignment with the light of the world. Each of us is the light of the world. And by joining our minds in this light, we proclaim the kingdom of God together and as one. So beautiful. Thank you, everyone. I really, really, really loved hearing this call today. And the voice of the Holy Spirit through every, every voice I heard. Thank you. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. Yeah, we'll continue for a while now. <laughs>